welcome those who are going to be watching this on LifeGate Outreach TV and also those who will be listening to the audio messages. We are truly grateful to God. And I want to pray that as God is doing great things with us here physically, here in Warsaw, the Lord will continue to perfect all that concerns you also. In the name of Jesus. So we want to thank God. We are starting that series today. And the topic of today's message is anointing for kingdom power. Anointing for kingdom power. Hallelujah. Yes, let's give the Lord a big hand. He wants us to have kingdom power. Amen. Amen. And I just want you to please, as it has been prayed, and uh, God's servants have raised a lot of prayer points in the course of uh, our meeting today. Please keep your gaze on God. I want you to never take for granted anything that God wants to speak to you. Because God wants to do new things in your life. I say he wants to do new things in your life. In the name of Jesus. We have a banner today which just basically shows the symbol, one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove. We know that because the Bible says, as we read today, there was a time that Jesus was baptized and when he came up out of the water, the voice of God the Father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And the Spirit of God descended upon him in the form of a dove. So we know that the dove not the animal itself, but the symbol of a dove is that of the Holy Spirit. So the emphasis today is for us to understand the anointing from the enablement of the Holy Spirit. I did say to those of you who were here on Victory Prayer Night that uh, we started a bit of a part one last week and that Victory Prayer Night was part two where we had a physical anointing. In the whole of scriptures, the Bible makes us to understand that anointing is usually done by way of oil, and by way of the word that is spoken to minister the Holy Spirit. That is the evidence that we have. When kings and priests were ordained in the Old Testament, they were anointed with oil. Like we saw a king called King David in the course of the victory prayer night. And we saw how he was anointed and how God helped him in the different stages of his life. With different kinds of favor. He had favor with God. He had favor with the king. He had uncommon favor. He had favor uh, with the people which was more of the favor of the population. And God also gave him wisdom. And we said that these are just some of the things that are part and parcel of a person who is anointed of God. And so we're looking at how certain other things also happen in the lives of people, looking from the life of Jesus Christ, for example, when he was anointed, as it were, when he, as son of man, received the anointing of the Holy Spirit, with God confirming him in the course of his ministry. And so when we talk about kingdom power, we need to understand that there are three kingdoms on earth right now. Somebody say with me, there's the natural kingdom. There is the demonic kingdom. And there is the kingdom of God. Now they all have different names. The natural kingdom is the land upon which we live. We were told. The Bible says God created the heavens and the earth and man was put on the earth. Ever since that day, man began to live in, on the earth physically. So we have boundaries today. We have delineations today uh, of nations, kingdoms that are physical, physical boundaries on the land that we currently live. So that is a kingdom. Every human being on the earth who is human lives in one kingdom or the other. 
Those of us who live in this country say we live in the United Kingdom. And if you live in a country that is not called a kingdom per se, that is the kingdom that you live. Praise the Lord. So there is a kingdom of the earth where there are natural governments and there are people. Everyone who is in this world lives in one part of that kingdom system or the other. Now, over and above that, there are two uh, spiritual kingdoms. One is known as the kingdom of darkness. This is where Jesus referred to him as the God of this world. That is where he operates, where Satan rules. There he has his hierarchy of principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. The rulers of darkness, they are his envoy. He has demons and it is a real kingdom. We cannot deny the fact that it's there. The Bible acknowledges that it's there. But we thank God that there is also the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And we must realize that everyone who is not born again is under the spiritual, direct spiritual influence of the kingdom of darkness. They are under the direct influence, spiritual influence of the kingdom of darkness. And so they are in the world and influenced directly by the kingdom of darkness. Everyone who is born into this world is born into that influence in the first instance. But God in his infinite mercies, the Bible says he rescued us. And so he delivered us from that kingdom and he translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We find that in Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. So you and I and as many who are born again are also in the world. That's why Jesus said we're also in the world. We belong to that natural kingdom. However, we are no longer to be influenced by the kingdom of the dominion of darkness, but by the kingdom of his son of his love. The same son he said, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. We have become the same inheritors. We have become the same joint heirs with that son in this kingdom of light and this kingdom of God. Having said that, we must understand that the Bible also makes us to understand that there is a continual warfare that takes place between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. And so in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, Paul said, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, those are the demonic cohorts I told you about that live in the kingdom of darkness. Now, the Bible says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against... That means that we are in that battle, whether we like it or not. So we, the Bible says we must therefore submit ourselves to God and then do what? Resist the devil and he will flee. You don't resist the person who is walking on your side. You resist the person who is walking against you. Hallelujah. So we must not lose sight of the fact that there is a warfare that is constantly going and we as children of God must recognize our place. The reason we need to be anointed with the kingdom power is so that we know how God is helping us to keep resisting the devil so that we are not swayed by his devices. 
So our translation into the kingdom of God is also validated by sonship. Remember God demonstrated this when he validated the sonship of Jesus as I said. Let's quickly look again at Matthew chapter 3 verse 16. The Bible says when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. Now, this is why we say to everyone who has never been baptized as we will be having a baptism uh, service next Sunday, if you've never been baptized in water, you need to understand that you are missing on certain empowerments of the kingdom. You are saved, you are going to heaven as long as you remain a child of God. Thank God for that. But if Jesus himself, who was son of man, and son of God and son of man at the same time, submitted himself to water baptism, you and I have no choice but to do the same. Hallelujah. The Bible says when he came up, he was coming, and John the Baptist said, you can't baptize me. I, 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 I have told the people, you are coming, and I'm not worthy to, to, to untie your shoes. I, 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 I can't, you should be the one. Jesus said, no. There is something about the work of righteousness. It is a complete work. I came as the son of God, but right now, I come to you as son of man. And to perfect the work of righteousness that I need to do, I must do this to fulfill all. Somebody say all righteousness. So we get baptized to fulfill all righteousness. There is righteousness and there is all righteousness. And so the Bible says when he came up out of the water, the heavens were opened. The first thing that happens to you when you truly submit yourself to baptism is that you begin to operate in a new realm of open heavens. I say you operate in a new realm of open heavens in the name of Jesus. By the grace of God, I got baptized. I was barely uh, 10 years old on April the 15th, 1979 in a church called First Baptist Church in Greeley, Colorado in uh, western, northwestern part of the United States. And the woman who played the organ, played the song, he lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives in me. He walks with me and talks with me along Christ's narrow way. And the church was echoing that song. And I knew that something had happened in my life. I was barely 10 years old. But I knew something had happened in my life. The woman is still alive today. We still chat on Facebook. Anytime, if those of you that have my, my French page, you can always check the name Ruth Stewart. She's almost 90 years old, still going very strong. Follows this ministry with a passion. She gets to some of our postings before some of you do. <laughs> but she is such a lovely woman. And God used her that day as she prayed and as she played. I remember the church singing that song. And truly I experienced open heavens from that day henceforth. Hallelujah. And so we say... Get baptized. It is for you to experience the fullness of your salvation. And you can also experience the spirit of God coming on you like a dove. You may not see a physical dove like it was virtually seen in the days of Jesus. But you will definitely know that you have an encounter with God. Hallelujah. Believers are weak today because we pick and choose parts of the doctrine. We need to be strong in fulfilling all righteousness. And so the Bible says that when he came up, the spirit of God descended and was alighting on him. And like a dove, it was also coming on him. Verse 17, the voice came saying, this is my beloved son. 
God had to confirm. God knew Jesus Christ as his son. But he needed to confirm him to the world. And the Bible says the voice came from heaven saying this is my beloved son. Why am I going through all this? You and I also have a confirmation and a validation from heaven of our sonship when we receive Jesus Christ. John chapter 1 verse 12. You may not have heard that word or those words like Jesus did and everybody around him, John the Baptist and all the other people getting baptized. But look at what the Bible says. But as many as did what? Received him, talking about Jesus Christ, to them he gave the right to become children of God and to those who believe in his name. And as they gave the right to become the sons of God, Romans 8, 14 says, as many then that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the true sons of God. So you need to understand, like Pastor Steve was sharing a few minutes ago, you need to understand where you are. You are in a kingdom. You are in the kingdom of God. You have been translated from the dominion of darkness. The devil has, no longer has any right to continue to perform the wicked enterprise that he freely performs in your life. You only need to know how to take your anointing in submission to God and how to resist the devil so that he can continue to flee from you. Hallelujah. And I decree today that he will continue to flee from you. In the name of Jesus. So our victory is perpetually sealed by the Holy Spirit through the blood of Jesus and as and our testimony. We know Romans 12, 11 tells us they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. But I want us to understand that it is the spirit of God that anoints sons for dominion. Revelations 12, 11. Yeah, Revelations, what did I call it? Revelations 12, 11. My mouth is saying what my mind is not saying. <laughs> Revelations 12, 11 says, and they overcame him by the word of the lamb by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. But I want us to look at Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Then Jesus returned in the power. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to where? To Galilee. And news of him went out throughout all the surrounding region. This was immediately after he was baptized. He came up out of the water. The validation came as we read. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The spirit of God came upon him in the form of a dove. And by the time he was returning to the same place he came from, he went in the power of the spirit. And news began to spread of him. And he began to teach in their synagogues. Verse 15. And he was being glorified by all. Hallelujah. And then he began to mention what he had come to do. Verse 16. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Verse 17. And he was under the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Let's read verse 18 together. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Somebody say he has anointed me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Let's keep reading. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. 
to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The Bible says the spirit of the Lord, Jesus said the spirit of the Lord is upon me and so it is upon you. Hallelujah. When that voice said this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased and that same voice that spoke from heaven said as many that received his son, he gave them power to become the sons of God. It simply means that the same way the spirit of the Lord is upon him and has anointed him, the same way the spirit of the Lord is upon you and has anointed you. Hallelujah. This is what it means to be joint heirs with him. Hallelujah. When you are joint heirs with, with a person in, in, to the rights of a property, that means you have equal access, equal rights. Hallelujah. So it is no mean thing to be called the joint heirs with the son of glory. You and I must understand our status and walk therein. Acts chapter 10, when Peter got the Holy Spirit and they were preaching in the various places, the Bible says there was a time, as we read from in our scripture reading today, I'll just take a few verses from there, verse 36. The Bible says the word of the Lord that was sent to the word of God, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. What's that word, verse 37? That word you know, which was proclaimed, where? Throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. Verse 38, let's read together again. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Now see the emphasis there that the devil was oppressing people. The devil is still oppressing people today. The Bible says there is an anointing that came on Jesus Christ as a physical evidence for us to understand that there is a devil who oppresses, but when we are under that anointing, we can go about doing good, healing all who are oppressed by the same devil as God works with us. Very recently, God opened my eyes to see the importance of the last few words of that verse, the last five words, for God was with him. Very powerful. We need to understand, the Bible says, God with us. The Bible says that if God be for us, who can be against us? We must understand that we make light of our own power, our own kingdom authority, when we do not recognize the presence of God that is with us. I make bold to tell you by all graces of God and by all humility that I have no fear of any human being or any system simply because I realize that God is with me. If you realize that God is with you, who is man? That is why Paul said that, what can man do to me? Why are you afraid of man? What can man do to you? Last Friday, those of you again that were here on Victory Prayer Night, we exposed again the life of David. Everybody was afraid of Goliath, but the man 
who knew that God was with him said, what is this that is carrying you guys? There's nothing to be afraid of. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? The body of Christ must wake up and understand that God with us, we are more than conquerors. We must not be afraid and panicking like everybody else. The next news that comes out makes people shout and cry and believers also shout and cry. And it reminded me of how they were shouting at the edge of the promised land. When they saw giants, they began to cry. Nobody touched them. Even the giants they're talking about did not even know they were there. But they began to cry. Because they did not realize that God is with them. The first thing you need to do in this kingdom to understand is to, to, to walk in kingdom power is to realize that you have been translated into the kingdom of his dear son and also recognizing fully that God is with you. I say God is with you. I say God is with you. You will continue to overcome the wicked one in the name of Jesus. So very quickly, I want us to see some ways the kingdom power enables us in life. Practically speaking, many times when we hear messages like this, and we talk about kingdom power, believers start to get very spooky. What I mean by that is they start to get, they start to see things from the spiritual realm and they think we're just talking about these principalities and powers and we say let's do warfare and people begin to bind them and cast them out and do those things. And they wonder how it really relates to their natural life. The reality is that those things exist, like I said, they are governing influences from the spiritual realm of the dominion of darkness that affect people in what they do, where they work, in their marriages, in their families, in their children, in their parenting, in every sphere of life, they tend to get involved. We must understand practically the wisdom, the power that God gives to us to outwork the resistance even through those natural, seemingly natural processes. And so I want to just, there are so many ways, but I want to just Quickly tell us a few things. The first thing is that when we have the power of God, when we have the power of God and we have the anointing for the kingdom power, we perform supernaturally. Our performance and our lives becomes supernatural. It is the supernatural power of God that makes our lives supernatural. Many believers do not understand that there are gates of the enemy that operate in the realm of the natural. And until we embrace the supernatural, we find it very difficult to overcome the gates that are natural. Ephesians 3.20 tells us this. The Bible says that now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Somebody say exceedingly abundantly. Above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. Colossians chapter 1 verse 29. He said to this end I also labor striving according to his working which works in me mightily. To this end, I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. 
One thing believers also need to realize is that to serve God, you need the power of God. To serve God, you didn't hear that? To serve God, you need the power of God. Nobody has enough natural power to serve God. A lot of people want to rely on physical strength and physical abilities and physical enablements to serve God. It doesn't work that way. Look at what Paul said. Paul said, let's read together. To this end, I also labor, striving according to his working, which he does what? Works in me mightily. Hallelujah. There is a power that is at work in you. That power will help you to serve God. That power will help you to labor for him. In the name of Jesus. Just keep reminding yourself. Anytime you are feeling the weakness and you are feeling the tiredness, and you are feeling overwhelmed, just keep reminding yourself, Lord, I have the power in me to help me to keep firing on, to help me to keep going on, and that power will work in you. I say to work in you. In the name of Jesus. It works in me 24-7. I humbly submit to you. I don't have any shame to say it anywhere I go. For more than 30 years, I find it at work solidly. You need to understand, it is not a gift. Serving God is not a gift that is given to some people and not to some other people. Some believers will say, sir, you don't understand. I don't have the gift of service. There's nothing called the gift of service. <laughs> the same power is at work in you as it has, is at work in me. It is how we tap into it that makes the difference. You and I need to understand. So Paul said, I labor, striving according to his working. The his there is a capital H which means he's talking about the Holy Spirit, the anointed power of God working in me and in you mightily. Hallelujah. Along the same line, it helps us to witness in Acts chapter 4, verse 33. Part of kingdom service, it helps us to labor, it helps us to witness, Acts 4, 33. The Bible says, and with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. May God continue to cause that great power to work in us. The Bible says we have this power in earthen vessels so that everything that concerns us is completely outworked by that great power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is the excellency of the power of God so that the glory may continue to be of God and not of us. That's what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, 7. We have it in earthen vessels. They may look at your earthen vessel. You may look at yourself in the mirror many times and limit yourself. How many times have you looked at, at yourself in the mirror and you said to yourself, you called your name. You called your name. I'm looking for a name that I can call that I believe nobody here is bearing. You called your name. And when you called that name, Alexandria, there's no Alexandria here, I believe. You said, Alexandria, you see the problem is you can't make it again. Life has gone past you. Girls way beyond your age are the ones doing what you are attempting to, to do now. Sorry. You are, talk, you are speaking to yourself in a mirror. Sorry. And tears will begin to roll down your eyes. You say, where has my life gone? But the Holy Spirit is saying that there is a great grace that can come upon you to be a witness that can translate your story. The man Abraham was 75 years. We had it on Victory Prayer Night again. He was 75 years. They said he will have a son. He had a son. It is never too late with God. It will never be late with you. In the name of Jesus. 
Many people started ministry at age 30, age 20, as God ordained for them. I did not start ministry in this way at that age. I started way after that age. But I want to thank God. I have no regrets whatsoever for any aspect of my life. God makes everything beautiful in his time. What you need is God's timing. When you have God's timing, it's beautiful. Everyone who started before, everyone who will start later, as long as everyone is doing in God's timing, everything appears beautiful. Hallelujah. What do you want to do with a marriage that you, you want to kill yourself to have because you are 27 years old and, and it's not going to last for, for four years? What do you want to do with such a marriage when God is saying, hey, son, I'm preparing you. My daughter, I'm preparing you. you it, it might look like it's, it's, it's waiting and wasting, but there is something I'm going to do. You get married at 32, and then you stay married forever till Jesus comes. Is that not a better marriage to have? Because God is in it. Hallelujah. And God will continue to be in your situation. The power of God will help you to be a proper witness. The word witness means replica. It's not just somebody who testifies of, as the courts will make us believe. It means replica. It means representing God here on earth. Representing God exactly doing the things that Jesus did and living as he lived. That is why God gave them great power to be witnesses of his resurrection. May God continue to help us with that same power in the name of Jesus. The same way it helps us to do miracles. Luke chapter 9 verse 1. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them what? Power and authority over what? All demons. And to do what? To cure diseases. Never let the devil tell you that miracles are a thing of the past. Miracles are real. The only difference now is that miracles don't go where they are needed. They only go where they are expected. The difference between a person that receives a miracle and a person that did not receive a miracle is one expected, one did not. In the days of Jesus Christ physically walking the earth, there were places he could do no miracle. So people will say, I'm looking for the man with power. Everyone has power. I have power, you have power. It is your expectation that helps you draw. The miracle does not stay in any human being. It stays in the one who has it in the kingdom of his dear son. But all he's looking for are people who are expectant. Hallelujah. He said, if you are willing and obedient... You shall do what? Eat the good of the land. And so let us understand that what we get from God is what we expected from him. But the Bible says that he gave every one of us power and authority over all demons. Wherever you see a manifestation of a demon, you have every power that is in you to cast him out. One of the things we'll be doing in this series is how to understand the casting out of demons how to understand dealing with the principalities and powers and the, the demonic forces that make it difficult for people to live life as God has ordained. The Bible says we have power and authority over them and we have power to cure all diseases. And that power will continue to be at work in you. And that power will continue to work for you in the name of Jesus. Very quickly, we also have supernatural wisdom and insight. That power gives us supernatural wisdom and insight. Let's quickly read the story of Daniel in Daniel chapter 2 verse 23. He said, I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers. 
you have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we have asked of you. For you have made known to us the king's demand. Somebody say, he has now made known to me what I asked of him according to the power that is at work in me. Supernatural insight is a power that you and I must operate in order to stand out and be different from the world that we now live. Everybody is required to solve problems on a daily basis, no matter your job, no matter your level of life. No matter your background, there is always one problem or the other that you have to be solving. It can be a personal issue. Something to do with your own life, your own personal finances. It can be something to do with your family. It can be something to do at your work. But the Bible says, Daniel said, oh Lord, I thank you and praise you because you have given me wisdom and might. The word might there means power. You have given me spiritual power and have now made known to me what I asked of you. There is no way you can solve certain problems without inspiration. And the Bible says there is a spirit in man. That spirit is there. But it is the inspiration of the Almighty that gives him understanding. May you receive that inspiration today. In the name of Jesus. There are challenges of life that come your way. At times, I have found in my few years by the grace of God of counseling and talking with people through marriage, careers, and issues of life, practical issues of life, that many times what people lack is the appropriate inspiration at the appropriate time, especially in marriage. Somebody brings up a hit, one party, it could be the man or the woman, The inspiration of the Almighty says, let it be. The flesh says, give it back to them now. Before it gets cold, now. Say it now or never. (laughs) But the inspiration of the Almighty God will say, there is no wisdom in talking now. Just keep quiet. And as you follow the inspiration of the Almighty, you quell what has a potential to ruin an evening or even ruin a marriage completely. The Bible says you gave me an inspiration. Everyone that Jesus met, he had an inspiration to deal with them. The Bible says they had five loaves and two fish. They all didn't know what to do. But John 6, 6 tells me he himself knew what to do. You yourself will keep knowing what to do in the name of Jesus. Never let the words, I don't know what to do, come out of your mouth again. Anytime it's about to say, anytime you're about to say, I don't know what to do, change the word and say, Lord, I receive inspiration. Don't say, Lord, don't say, oh, I don't know what to do. Say, Lord, I receive inspiration because he always knows what to do. And the inspiration of the almighty will give you understanding in the name of Jesus. So we have supernatural wisdom. And insight. There is a way we need to know how to do. There is a way we need to be inspired on what to do. May the Lord continue to help us in every way. In the name of Jesus. As I start to bring this to a close, just a couple more things I want to say. It helps us, the power of God, the anointing for kingdom power helps us to be steadfast. Colossians chapter 1 from verse 10. Say that you may walk worthy of the Lord. Fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, 
and increasing. Somebody say increasing. Increasing in the knowledge of God. Verse 11, let's shout it together. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering. With what? The race that we are running is a race of endurance. Many believers, sadly, have fallen by the wayside. Because they lack the power to keep them being patient, keep long-suffering. You will not lack the power. I say you will not lack the power in the name of Jesus. We have a believer generation that are so easily unruffled. A pastor just makes one statement, just innocent statement. Just say, I pray that everybody here will be blessed in their, like I've been using marriage, let me just say marriage. I pray that everybody here will be blessed in their marriage. In the name of Jesus. That's just a casual prayer. Which is a good prayer. Somebody say, I told you, he always preaches about me. Because he fought with his wife coming to judge that day. He will pinch his wife and say, you see, he has started again. The woman says, it's not you. He says, no, it's me. It's me. <laughs> he says, it's me. He says, it's me. So I'm not going to that church again. <laughs> he carries his Bible. The next pastor he meets, that one who talk about his job, he says, ah, this one too. <laughs> Now, is this one too. All this town, all these pastors, all of them, the shame thing, the shame thing. <laughs> they all the shame all over. <laughs> they talk about you and talk about you. And nobody's talking about you. Nobody's talking about you. They're only being inspired to speak as God leads. And every time you need to be patient. Every time you hear something that needs a churning on your inside, say, Holy Spirit, help me. Don't resist it. That is what deliverance is all about. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. This word is telling me I need a change. I cannot do it, but help me. When they are praying, pray for yourself. And watch God help you out of that situation. In the name of Jesus. So the power of God helps us to be steadfast. Finally, the power of God helps us to fulfill destiny. I took these points as I read various scriptures. And I want to encourage you to please listen to this message again. Because I've taken them in a very, very quick jiffy. But if you listen to this message again and take the scriptures and rehearse them and read them, I'm sure you'll be blessed in Jesus' name. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11. Tell your neighbor for me, you have a destiny to fulfill. Please, make sure you're talking to somebody. Say, you have a destiny to fulfill. And you will fulfill it by the power of God. In the name of Jesus. Look at what he said. Verse 11, he said, therefore, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure. Somebody say, fulfill all. He will fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. That's where the difference is. With power. You cannot do without the power. I cannot do without the power. Verse 12 says that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. I say so shall it be your portion. In the name of Jesus. Some of you had dreams two, three, four, five, maybe ten years ago. Maybe even more. And today it looks as if those dreams would be impossible. I want you to understand that with God, nothing shall be impossible. 
God is asking you to just draw the anointing from his power and it shall come to pass. He said, even though it tarry, wait for it. Everything is working together for your good and God will cause it to come to pass for you. In the name of Jesus. I don't know what your situation may be. Some of you have come from other countries and you are living now in this country or even a citizen of this country and you came with a, with a passion with a heart to serve God, to just do the things of God. But events have overtaken and it looks as if, how can you ever get back to that place again where things are fiery for you, where things are on the ball for you? I want you to know today that there is that power that is at work in you and it will make it come to pass in the name of Jesus. You are going to rise to your feet now and we're going to cry out to you.